Hello and welcome to another delightful episode of uh, Antique Dust. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rob. And together we are following the gorgeous, gorgeous yachty drama that is Howard's Way. first broadcast on the 25th of October 1987. 1987. <gasps> oh my god! What was, what was, I, what was I doing on 1987. the 25th of October 1987? Oh, I was still at school then, so I would have been, yeah, I'd have been I was doing studying my, hard. I, in 1987, I would be doing, I was starting my GCSEs. Oh, you were still in short trousers. Well, actually, I was doing, I actually did my GCSE maths um, in a year, so so yes. I did. I was in the well, having grown up in Scotland with a completely different exam system, I will smile and nod. I assume that's a good thing. <laughs> I think so. Well, I, I was good at maths. I was good at sums and stuff. All right. <laughs> Add, addings and it all went downhill after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in seven, yeah, I was fantasizing about having a Suzuki Jeep. Okay, not a yacht. Not a yacht. I ha- not well, yet. Well, I had a boat. Not yet a yacht. I did. I, I had a topper. Yeah. So I, I'd read the topper and Wizard and Chips. Does that? <laughs> does that? Does that? I count? was more of a dandy. Well, I know you still are. I've, <laughs> I've, I've seen your wardrobe. <laughs> yes, I need to lose weight. The New Year's resolution. I say, if you are listening to this, this is the second week of January two thousand and twenty-two, um, and I am on week two of Slimming World. Other weight loss providers are I know, but if they, if they would like to sponsor us, then that's marvellous. I'm not sure Antique Dust, sponsored by Slimming World. <laughs> Tubby Club. But, but hey, needs must. <laughs> needs must. We could do with a few extra quid. So hey, if you want to sponsor us, Weight Watchers, <laughs> Fat Fighters. Oh, I do like to, I do like Slimming World. So I'm diverting because they say you can eat as much as certain food as, <laughs> as you like. As much as you like and still lose weight. It's marvellous. <laughs> it's marvellous. <It's> <laughs> No wonder they make money. Yes, you eat too much, then you awakened by a coma. You've been in an enforced medical coma for six months, and you've lost all the weight. It's marvelous. Marvelous. Um, no, <laughs> I jest. Anyway, this episode. I mean, last week's episode was truly fabulous. It was. It was, uh, was action packed and a bit crazy. hysterical it was and crazy melodrama. Last week. We seem to be back on track this this week. Less melodrama. Well, there was a little bit of melodrama. Was there? Um, so I mean, this this episode starts off. Um, with Avril trying to convince Charles to reinstate the Barracuda because apparently in between last week's episode and this week's episode the whole press release and everything's happened about the net so that's yeah. happened and everything's now camera. lovely well, every, well everything's less less sort of traumatic <laughs> let me put it that way right. but more trauma has started, started to come in well. Jan has decided uh, 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 <laughs> let's come up with an idea for a new boat which is amazing. So she's going from fashion empire, from 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 dowdy housefrau to uh, to fashion empire guru. One fell swoop, <laughs> one swell foop. <laughs> from receptionist at the chandlery from series one, she's yeah. she's running an empire now. And she's part she, of a boat building. Yeah, yeah. Her 
<laughs> yes, her character arc is something <laughs> to behold. It's something else. It's marvelous. <laughs> it's all marvelous. Um, so, uh, so, so Avril is looking to restart the Barracuda project, yeah, but but Charles but, is being a little bit reluctant until everything is until sort of market forces dictate that it's going to be worthwhile which in fairness is very good yeah, business but sense. he threatens to fire avril if she even so much as sniffs at a barracuda yeah i mean there was a there, there was the, there was the sort of the standard business bollocks in this episode um and uh yeah and also we have from i think it was series one wasn't it when it sort of uh jack's um, brother-in-law was sort of lurking around with the, his creepy music. With his creepy music, um, Mr. Furbelow. Uh, Mr. Furbelow from, from the changes. changes. <laughs> so, but so it starts off with um, Tom being monitored and photographed. Yes. And we know, generally speaking, if if a, an episode starts with someone someone photographing a boat or someone on a boat, you kind of think, oh, is this going to be a another? court case or something like that but actually in it, this case it turns it, out to be relatively benign it's an australian it's an australian 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 so um, we have a hunky new character being introduced who is really really quite lovely well obviously they killed off the last hunky character and i don't mean claude claude <laughs> mark foster mark, mark foster mark foster he's yeah. been killed off so there is a there is a gap in the market but for, for a, a buffoned blonde a, yes blonde <laughs> hunk yeah, so we have an Australian one as well, an exotic one. An exotic, we have an exotic Australian. I think it's just because, I say, Neighbours was like really, really super, super popular. That's what I would have been doing in 1987. I've been watching Neighbours. Neighbours, yeah. But I think, uh, oh, yeah, I think the Kylie Jason thing, I think that was 80, uh, 85, wasn't it? 85, 86. I will so, bow down to your spear and knowledge so of Australian soap operas. Aus- Australians were, 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 hot were, stuff. were hot stuff. So let's wedge one in. Let's Woo! get an Australian in. So th- this Mike chap is Mike Hanley. Mike Hanley is a journalist, uh, and he wants to do a feature on Tom, and he's sort of got a like a man crush on Tom um, yeah. with regards to his yachtmanship, his yacht building, and everything. And he's followed Lynn, uh, Lynn when she did a sort of cross, not in a creepy way, not in a creepy way, um, and he knows lots about boats and everything. And there's also um, a, a big race. Well, yes, the Wolf Rock race, which is harder to say than I would, I imagine. Um, That's so. Tom's going to be racing, entering the Barracuda, in the Wolf Rock race. Race. I don't know if is that a real thing, the Wolf Rock race, or did they make up for the? I'm not sure. We'll have to Google it. Google it later. I'll I'll Google it. Google bots. We'll get the Google bots yeah. going. It's a shame. Like, it's we, a sh- we call them Fido and Rover. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're not very well house trained, but they do the job most of the time. Yeah. Now, if we had our Amazon Echo in this room, we could just say, Alexa, and tell, tell me everything about the Wolf Rock race. And then we could all we could all share the experience, but we don't. Well, she probably wants to have notifications about something. She'll That's probably right. interrupt and wants to For join Amazon, in the podcast. Amazon shopping should be forever <laughs> leaping at us. Maybe we should do a podcast and introduce Alexa, Alexa into the podcast. Alexa, yeah. what did you think of Howard's Way? Hmm. There is a risk. <laughs> yeah, there is a risk there of Alexa being rather more interesting and sparky than than, than we are. So I don't know if I'd want that gamble. I think I'm happy with a Dalek and Mr. Potato Head, which is our 
Which our, is our audience <laughs> for this podcast. <laughs> our a, a small version, not not full size dialect. That would just be ridiculous. Uh, plus, it wouldn't get up the stairs. No. Well, it would do. It would do that. <laughs> well, we've whole got thing. a tourniquet staircase. It wouldn't get wouldn't get around the. We'd think it get wedged in the. <laughs> get wedged in the tourniquet <laughs> staircase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it could just exterminate the banister and. and I'm sure it would. Anyway, moving on, moving on swiftly. So uh, we've got a new character, Mike. Um, Emma has come come around. Emma, the boat boffin, um, after their meal, hasn't had any phone calls from Tom because Tom's a bit of a car. Poor Emma. Hmm. So Emma's Emma's come around and said hello, just stopping by, and uh, Tom invites her out to go on the Barracuda, um, and uh, has a whiskey. And it, so there was a nice, he said, would you like a drink? Was The only drinks we got in the filing cabinet are whiskey. Is that okay? And he pours two whiskeys, which I thought was really quite nice. And then topped the whiskey up with water <laughs> and said to Emma, oh, we never noticed this. <laughs> no wonder he thinks he can drink more. He's probably got... He's probably... Yeah. He thinks whiskey's like... It's oh, probably 90% water now. <laughs> So, um, so we have we have that scene. And then we have there's more business bollocks. Um, so this Zurich thing with Charles. And- so Charles flies off to Zurich, and we were debating. I've never, I don't know what Zurich Airport looked like in 1987, so I can't say for sure that they were actually, actually in in Zurich. They did have a part lot of, of me wants to be to go um, I'm not quite so sure the budget would have stretched to Zurich but they might just have flown to Zurich shot a quick scene um, in the car park of the airport and then flown right back they might have done that because I'm not I'm pretty sure the internal scenes with this high-powered meeting in the well, Swiss I don't bank, think that. I don't think that would have been that would have been that no. <laughs> in Birmingham. Well, I mean, I think that like, in Birmingham Town Hall or somewhere. Oh, yeah, I mean, what I felt was that when when Charles went to to was that Zurich? I'm saying that with air quotes. Yes. Um, that there was a lot of car left-hand drive cars with German plates or with different number plates in, and I don't think they would have gone to the trouble to get a bundle of, of left-hand drive cars and put foreign plates on them okay um because, so, so but there were I, i'm not not exactly sure that it was Zurich. uh it could have been sort of a german one because it was just flughafen um but what i did find really interesting is that the the contract that, that, that Actually, charles is flicking through is in that sort of german script yeah <laughs> i'm thinking I think, do I think, they really do contracts yeah. in that yeah i think it's ca- i think it's called uh grotesque that style of not not that it's because it's grotesque but that's that's the font but actually now that i'm thinking about it i do recall that when they were leaving the airport there was an illuminated sign behind them that said good pack so i'm so i've changed my mind about that and it was i think that was definitely i would say that was definitely a german airport because they wouldn't go to they might they might stick up a quick sign like Southampton airport or something like that but they wouldn't go to all the trouble of wiring in an illuminated sign for no, authenticity uh, so uh, so yes it's, I think it's, it's it was, not like when Lynn arrived was, at New York at least it was a German airport it might have been Zurich it might have been Frankfurt it, who knows it, it may have just been sort of like a cheap <laughs> where, where can we get a cheap film crew there just to do the outside shots could have swept to Cologne or something yeah I think that's probably it sort of, yeah. sort of turn out film outside and then get back well they'll have to put up a temporary sign I guess because it would have to be well, I don't know whether Swiss this is a bit we're going, <laughs> going into a little bit more yeah, detail. I just wonder yeah. whether Swiss, German, and German, German would be similar enough that you could get away with just having the 
the stun, or who would notice? Unless you were a, a fluent Swiss speak, Swiss German speaker, would you would you actually notice yeah, one so, way or the other? Right, anyway, so. on with the, on with the show. <laughs> with the, yes. on We've with the d- show. gone down that little cold. It's like a little yes, bit too that long. little rab- rabbit hole. <laughs> so um, then, so the, I mean, they're obviously. Uh, Sort of the, the mermaid yard. So Jan is now heavily involved in the mermaid yard. Suddenly. All of a sudden, does, does she, she's coming up with inspirations for designing boats that, uh, or giving inspiration for Tom to design boats. So she's there, and um, Ken arrives and wants a, a power boat to be made in wood. A wood power boat. Huh? Um, but Tom, that, that certainly seemed to spark um, sort of joy with uh, Jack's with Jack. um, interest. Yeah. Um, so I mean, because yeah, I mean, he's a good boat builder, but I thought it was a really interesting sort of, sort of, sort of banter of saying, "Well, you can't keep making boats look like the Mary Rose." It would have been quite timely because I'm sure, I'm sure. What was it like? So mid, early to mid eighties. Well, that's when, when Blue Peter then, were following the Mary Rose being bought up, and there was like lots yeah. of pictures of this galleon, and then when they and get there, it's like, it's like, was it a big pile of mouldy? Moldy wood. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Because I mean, what they were trying to do is like float, well, it like flotation device. They were trying yeah. to sting it trying under, to keep it in one piece. But it? it was just, I mean, for, I mean, for, for all the hoo ha and like all oh, this technical bits and bits and pieces. There were so many features about this. It was constantly. It was on. Uh, they featured it on Blue Peter. John Craven's news round was constantly referring to the Mary Bloody Rose, and it was, ooh, yeah. Sorry, that's not very. Well, do you mean it was a bit of an anticlimax when yeah. it eventually a- appeared? It wasn't as exciting as what was his name? Um, uh, Noakes when he, when he cl- clambered up, um, oh, uh, sort of the the tower in oh, Trafalgar Square. The tower in Trafalgar Square. Do you mean Nelson's? The, Nelson's column. He, he climbed up on step ladders with no harness. In the seventies, yeah, <laughs> to those, yeah, those were those were the days when we paid scant regard to the health and safety of belo- nationally beloved television. What about presenters. the poor, the poor cameraman trying to film it? You know. He's probably dangling off of it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's <laughs> a it. cable tie from yeah. the top. But that's the thing, though, when 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 TV presenters are filmed like that in precarious positions, nobody considers the camera crew that <laughs> that that have have had to go along with them and are probably trying to trying to do do their do a, a delicate job of keeping everything in focus etc etc meanwhile as you say dangling off a toothpick it was john no it was john noakes wasn't it yeah it was john noakes that did that yeah well he did all the action stuff in blue peter at that at that time that was when blue peter was really sort of it, that that was that, that was, was a, that was when you were kind of actually able to watch it without having to retune your television to a completely different channel <laughs> that you would have had no reason to otherwise watch. I think that's, blue- that's that's just a slight a slight aside and a bit of a hobby horse of mine mm-hmm. is that shunting all children's programs onto a separate channel. I I think is not necessarily a good idea because it means that programs that were actually quite popular particularly like the five minute cartoons that were on just before the news because you know that's when adults might start to watch and so they became really really rhubarb and custard and willow the wisp and the magic roundabout they were actually really popular with adults at the time because they were they were they were able to to watch them but now that everything is on a separate channel unless you have children have it tuned in goodness knows what what you're missing meanwhile 
Meanwhile, they don't do the same with sport, and that really grinds my gears. Put all the sport onto a separate channel so yeah, that I don't have to worry about it. it. Have an Olympics channel so that people who are interested can watch it, and the rest of us can continue to watch the programmes. I mean, l- last night when we went to bed, I say there was, there was a sports going on, it's like for football. I switched on BBC Breakfast, BBC this morning. We're filming, we're, we're recording this on Sunday. And it's the same bloody sports. I'm thinking, has it been going on for that long? Is football, are football games that long? Anyway, so I'm not particularly interested in football. Synchronised swimming and tennis, maybe. Although, don't get me Synchron- on to the Australian thing. Synchronised swimming? I know. Really? How long have you been interested in synchronised swimming? Uh, that's the only thing I sort of watched in the Olympics. What, with, with larking about in a pool with nose clips on? <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Anyway, uh, but my, apolo- <laughs> my, my, my apologies to any synchronised swimmers, swimmers that, that might be us. listening. I, I didn't if you're a synchronised swimmer, please inbox me your routine. It'd be very interesting. Why are you going to recreate it in the bath? We don't <laughs> yes. even have a bath. Recreate it in the shower. <laughs> shower. We, we can have a go on Nantwich Lake. Yeah. Pirouette. <laughs> yeah. It's probably been pecked by, by the swans. <laughs> or the geese now. They're really, they're really vicious. Um, so, anyway, back to Howard's Way. Uh, oh, so, yeah, we the Barracuda is going into a race. Um, uh, Tom invites the Australian Mike to go on uh, on the boat with him. Also, uh, Emma, the boffin, boat boffin, is invited to go on, which is great. And, well, uh, that sort of, Tom is arguing with Jack and Jan about commissioning or designing a speed a powerboat yeah. for uh, for Ken. Yeah. Um, well, Leo but- and Amanda come in and announce that they're married, well, and that defuses the whole yeah. situation. So what the situation is is that that Tom doesn't want to take Ken's commission because he doesn't like Ken. Well, a he doesn't like Ken. It did seem quite chummy, but I think it's it's also about not wanting to take the attention away from Barracuda. So he wants to focus on launching and getting Barracuda up and running rather than diluting all of that with taking uh, the, this this commission. Uh, but the thing is, I, say, I don't I say the, the Barracuda, you've got a lead time of the Barracuda of six to nine months of him to prep it up. He's got the wolf race, uh, the wolf whatever um, race thing. Um, but designing the boat, it's going to take a year at least. But in Howard's way, it's probably like three three episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, he already had the designs on there. Well, no, because I mean, that, <laughs> that, that was what was really interesting because they had the argument, I don't want to do it. And Jack wants to do it because it's being made out of wood. He didn't um, but, want to do it. Now he does want to do uh, it. And, um, and Jan wants it because it needs to have money in because she's feeling anxious because Anna's done a runner to the Isle of Wight. Um, but uh, she thinks Anna's gone back gone forever to because Hong Kong. She, she, she wrote her dear John letter. Uh, oh, could I go? Sorry. Um, so, yeah. So John's convinced <laughs> that Anna's gone for good off to Hong Kong to marry her so, fiance. So we have what could could have quite easily been a cliffhanger episode with uh, Leo and Amanda coming in saying that we're married. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't. So, yeah. it, but it stopped that in its tracks, which yeah. was really good. And then we went to some business bollocks with Sir John playing on a computer chess set. Yeah. There's a lot of chess in this episode. Yeah. Do you think that's a, a, meta- big metaphor. a metaphor for something or other? Very much so. Um, so so Sir Edward is uh, wearing uh, a white polo neck um, uh, and a cardigan, but is obviously Jan is dressing him a little bit, but said, you've got to have one of the buttons undone. But rather than 
unbuttoning the bottom the bottom button, which is the which civilized people do. Viewer. He's undone the top button. Yeah. Is, well, maybe when he's looking at it, he says, "Oh, that's upside down." Yeah. So, <laughs> but but I, actually, I'm having the top button undone. The the rule that I always go by when it comes to uh, whether or not you have buttons done up or not done up on a coat or a jacket or whatever is sometimes always never so you have a choice whether you know so the top button is the sometimes mm -hmm. that you have a choice you can button it or unbutton it no one will judge you then all the other buttons are done mm -hmm. apart from the last button mm -hmm. which you never do so sometimes always never so clearly sir sir edward kind of got, got it half right so he un had the top button undone which you have an option about but he buttoned the last button and that's i'm sorry uh, but that's a full uh, part oh, so the, i mean there say sir edward is getting a bit angsty because he's doing some sort of thing with a consortium in zurich i don't really know and don't really bothered um but sir yeah. john is, is is too busy playing bing yeah. bong I, I, have, I have to say, I, I did chest. slightly lose the will to live about this, the, the, the whole goings on it with just seems the, the consortium. What we all, I think all we need to know is that Sir Edward is playing a massive metaphorical game of chess with Charles. With Charles. And Charles... And it involves Zurich and yeah. a consortium. And uh, I think that's as far as so I need to go with and that. And Charles has gone to Zurich and cancelled his appointments because Gerald's gone off on on a tangent yeah um, so he, he's gone disappeared missing. he's missing um but there's no reason well, so he's taken a hundred thousand pounds out to help fund the well we think to help fund the medical thing for james yeah. his, well we think until he confirms it to paulie in this episode but so i think he's gone to see james and james has died but wasn't he went james was meant to go to bloody america for this yeah. treatment and i wasn't quite sure I, I that's what i thought i thought he was going to america's but but it wasn't it wasn't quite clear i mean it wasn't it wasn't obvious where in the where in the world james was having the sheet pulled over his head did they did they do that did I they don't. did they actually do that it's, well they normally it's, it's normally the dramatic. curtains around it because when my grandmother yeah. was in hospital she had this virus where anyone that was sort of immune compromised um died because she had this virus that she was a carrier she didn't contract it right so, so basically like typhoid me or yeah she was but yeah so when she was put on a ward both people either side died and then new people came and they died and they died too and then they realized that grandmother had this thing so that that basically guaranteed her her own room with the television and on suite well <laughs> i suppose you know it's not all bad but i was there visiting her one one day and then someone was like you heard this like and then nothing and then the nurse comes along and then suddenly the, the curtains the cur come around the curtains. and i went out to go and get grandma some, i think she wanted something from the, the shop like some you know, well, like sugar jellies. Sugar jellies. Yeah, she quite liked the sugar. What jelly jellies. sweets? Jelly sweet, yeah, like, sugar yeah, jellies. Yeah. Um, so I went to the shop, and when I came back, there was this like squeaky coffin on a on on a, on a trolley. Uh, I said, "Oh, this happened again." <laughs> and then suddenly, by the time the the, the end of my visit, so the bed, the the, the person was. The, the, the bed was empty and, and made and ready for the ready for the grandmother's next victim to come along right shouldn't really laugh no but, you shouldn't actually yeah. but, but i'm just thinking it's a bit like the cat in um doctor sleep oh yeah every time it goes <laughs> <laughs> nobody thought is the cat actually killing people is the cat like sitting on people's faces and suffocating them 
If you haven't seen Doctor Sleep, then watch it. It's a great film. It's a great film, and it, 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 it's a good book as well. Oh, it's a good book. Uh, that reminds me, there was a, a I saw on my feed um, that there was these anti-snore pillows, and I couldn't help. What you put them over your face? That's what I said. <laughs> I tweeted back because it came up on a sponsored link. And I, I tweeted back, did you say, if it doesn't work, can you just put it over the face and hold it down? <laughs> they didn't respond. Did they, they didn't, not? They didn't block me there. So <laughs> it's not too well, you, bad. You probably gave their social media managers a chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Polly, we say we've, we realised that uh, Gerald's gone missing for a couple of days. Um, Polly is talking to Charles on the telephone. Uh, Polly's a little bit worried. Um, Charles a little bit angry, uh, but angry. But I, I think he, uh, you get the feeling Charles knows something more, um, but it's not explained because Charles doesn't really want to discuss relationships or anything like that with his, his second in command. Um, and then we ha- we cut to to a, an unshaven Gerald, and then we have a flashback of some dying person on a well, presumably a James Gittings. James. Um, and uh, so the bed bed cape being shoved over his over his face. Um, so he comes oh, in. Gerald. Polly's very sort of like quite concerned. Yeah, very concerned. They have a tender, quite a a tender. Very t- Those two are really good. I mean, they had some really really good scenes in series one and two, and it's just got a bit melodramatic. Um, and basically, we have a quite a nice monologue. It's quite an emotional monologue. Probably the most Gerald's ever said in one scene. Uh, about James and AIDS and things like that, and Polly reacts but doesn't react in a sort of like like a way sort of like <gasps> yeah um, she's more she concerned she, yeah she doesn't she doesn't get angry she doesn't you know do any of the stuff that you might expect Polly to do she actually has a, a, a she has empathy yeah um, because ultimately I think although it's a marriage it's a lavender marriage it's a lav- it's a marriage of convenience they work as a team um and that and that team has been very very successful and they've both been aware of each other's sort of predilections and their london flat yes. well the london flat doesn't seem to get mentioned anymore uh, well probably to sell it to pay paulie's credit card bills <laughs> um, not to mention the 100,000 pounds of their savings that he's well, yeah. I mean, but, but then on the other hand, surely if if James didn't go to America, well, the money then must be around. Must somewhere. have the money, so maybe didn't spend it. Yeah. So, um, so, so that, all will be well. So they have a tender moment, and Polly says, "I don't care if we lose all the money." Uh, there was another scene later on where um, Gerald's been called back, called yeah. to go and meet up with Charles. So Gerald's now concerned about his job. His job, and if he loses his job, then. He'll have to sell the million pound mansion on the on the banks of the Hamble, etc. Mm, it's a very lovely house. It is a very lovely house. Although on the right move description, it doesn't look like the kitchen's been changed since the seventies. It does have an Argo though. Um, actually, it's recently sold for I think one point four million. Wow. Which actually in fairness, for the size of house it is, isn't really Well it's got a big it's got Big grounds, doesn't it? it? And, and it is it is actually situated on the on the, the grounds reach down to the the handle the the handle. Is yeah. it the handle? I think or am I making hand- that up? I think it's a handle estuary. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking. I, I just think of the the, the ugly doll from uh, oh handle place place girl. Oh gosh, she used to give the creeps. Yeah, she was rather. <laughs> she wasn't. She was unfortunate. 
shall we say. Yeah, I think Jemima, even J- Jemima was like a was a frenemy to her. Yeah. <laughs> I always felt I always felt a bit of pang of empathy for Hamble because she was always the least favourite of the of the the play school talk. At least maybe that's just my imagination, but I, I always thought she was the she was the runt of the litter. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Humpty has got my nerves a bit though. Well, they kept on falling over. I know. They could never get him to stand up or sit sit up sit up for. <laughs> For story time, it was almost like cocked <laughs> off to one side. <laughs> so, uh, so Polly and Gerald seem to make up, and they so she wants to give it a go. Um, so uh, wants to. So yeah. said, like, don't, "Don't mind if we're rich or we're poor, but as long as I we're can get a job, I can get a job." Boaz. Well, I think she's a very good salesperson. Yeah. But so she they, they, she does talk to to Charles for a a brief moment. About the guy that the guy taking the managing director position of some s- company or whatever. Yeah, the the guy uh, that she threw herself at uh, rather uh, embarrassingly, and then threw herself onto the shag pile when he ran off. Yeah, <laughs> mm. chewing uh, the carpet. Um, so we have some very very interesting scenes of um of, of organizing an impromptu party, celebratory party, um, and so organizing the guest list. And Jan said, "Oh, maybe you shouldn't ask Jack, and because uh, uh, Kate's organising the the the, the, sort of the wed, sort of the reception sort of thing." And she said, "Well, actually, I think Jack will probably be a very good thing because Jan they've had this contretemps at the the Mermaid Yard, and uh, and so I think, oh, maybe Jack's not a good thing." And then so Kate says, "Actually, Jack's probably a very good thing at diverting attention." Um, and so then there's another there's an instant after the. Um, that uh, they've taken the yacht out with Emma, Mike, Leo, and Amanda, and they come back, and Amanda's dad sort of stomping down in his suit, um, looking very un-yachtsman-y type thing, um, and is about to start a row. And Tom comes up and is all very diffuses it really well. Yes, everything. Yeah. The whole the whole Howard family are really good at diffusing angry father, um, and it's quite quite good and it does seem as though amanda is fits in she does fit in although i think the, the howard family sort of know that she's a bit all over the place but um are quite they're very welcoming which i thought was lovely and yeah. we have a, a slight mention of lynn when she sent a telegram do people send tele- telegrams anymore I have absolutely no idea. I've never i've never actually sent a telegram or received a telegram no i remember when i was a kid they had was it tele messages where you could phone up a service and then get a um get a, get a message delivered? But I suspect probably telegrams are theoretically possible, but I can't really imagine any. It's like telex because everyone's know? got their mobile phones with them all the time, yeah. haven't they? So yeah. you can get it's like fax. You know who. Only a fax number. Who, who, who faxes these? You used to have to have two days. numbers, didn't you? Because it was always dreadful if you had a fax and telephone number. And then suddenly you answer the phone and you go, ring, 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 ring. It was yeah. like, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> That's yeah. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, when, I mean, I rem- remember when you know modems used to have sort of fax capabilities. So dial up modems would have fax capabilities built built into them. Uh, oh yeah technology has changed you send so facts from your you always felt felt just so so high so tech. high tech and high powered i can send a, 
look at this modem I just bought. I can send a fax. <laughs> then, well, well, who would you send a fax to? I don't know. I don't know, but I can send <laughs> a fax. <laughs> yeah, now everything's done on PDFs and email. Uh, yeah. Email. When you can, Absolutely. you can have a nap on your phone. You can take a picture of it and you can. I, turn can, have, it. I can have a nap. It, it, no, you can have an app. There's, oh, an, an, app app. Your, uh, there's an app on your phone where Not you can, where you can take pictures of all the contract and then it sort of balances it all out makes it into focus so then puts it together as a contract document and you can yeah. send it I mean, it was only a few years ago then we were all busy debating about is a is is a a, a copy of a document with a signature on it, is that legally binding we don't just don't think about that anymore because we've all become so used to electronic signatures except there's one there's one bank that i deal with on a work capacity and i'm not going to name names because it wouldn't be fair but there's one bank that insists on what they describe a wet signature, which is which means that actually they insist on having the document that has the the original signature. There's just every other bank is and financial institution seems to be fine with copies, but this one bank just wants a document signed. So, in the middle of a flipping pandemic, we were posting when everyone's working from home, we were actually like posting. A document from one person to the next person to the next person, each each individually signing. What a waste of time and yeah. time and money. Uh, and it, so with my current job, uh, which I have just given notices, I'm part of the Great Resignation. Marvelous. Um, we sign contracts with our tenancy agreements online. We have online docus mm. a, a digital signatures, um, and it's done. But the people that need to claim benefits or things like that, the benefits agent doesn't accept it, so they have to come in. Um, and then we have to print it, print it off, and then sign where the dig uh, sign where the digital signature is, a uh, real signature. So the, the a wet say, signature, a wet signature. Yeah, yeah. it's like, uh, uh, it's just like, and the tenant's like, oh, can you just drop it round? Like, no, you can come into the office. You're not doing anything. You're claiming. So <laughs> just get your ass into the office and do it. But what about soaps? <laughs> yes, what Sky about, Plus. What about by Netflix binging. Oh, the next bit. Oh, Afterlife has dropped on Netflix. Series three. Oh, yeah. We've got two episodes in and we only started watching it this morning. Yeah, well, we've only got four episodes left. But oh. They're only short, but they are marvellous. Yes. It feels very Victoria Wooding. Anyway, we'll go. We'll Apart go, from the tragedies. That, yeah. yeah. Well, there is a lot of tragedy in Victoria Wood as well. Um, I want to look about and say, oh, what was it? Pat and Margaret. So Margaret gave a child up for a, a adoption. Um, Pat was working in a chippy and the mother didn't look after her. She got abandoned and yeah, so there's a lot of there's a lot of bits bits and pieces. I'd never known love until you've bred your first Afghan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So anyway, moving on. So there was a nice scene where obviously Tom has relented with regards to the powerboat because we have a scene back at the mermaid yard uh, and he is designing a powerboat. So obviously, it's there's a lot of things that are done off screen, but I think that's probably good. And I wish some of the business things were done off screen because there was all this bollocks with regards to business bollocks with Charles going over to to, to yeah. Zurich, so, so he meets, having a meeting with somebody else. He and meets saying, with Paul Voss. Uh, yeah. Uh, off. Uh, offers them a bribe for some. Well, they're saying silence means everything, or doesn't mean any, sort of because he wants Werner Grunwald to be replaced or uh, and then uh, I don't know. it was just sorts of and then he goes and meets up with some yank yeah. um that he's done business with next to a swimming pool with a 
lady in the background sunbathing. And yeah. Just think, I couldn't really get the. Well, I was. I, I lost interest. Uh, yeah, in all I that. did. I did rather. I. I. I couldn't really see what the, what the point of it. This. That's one. That's that's one thing that I would just actually like a bit of exposition about. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of exposition, but I could really do, do with some just to try and unpick what the heck uh, is going on here. Uh, and Charles is obviously getting to grips and trying to take to being tacti- tactical with um, uh, Sir Edward as dad um, and Sir Edward is getting nervous Sir Edward also has a scene with Kate when they're looking at racehorses and Kate's giving yeah so, so Sir Edward invites Kate presumably this is a tactical move on Sir Edward's part to get the 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 I guess what he might be hoping the future mother-in-law Mm. on side so he in, he invites kate to look at his racehorses yeah and kate says i don't approve but you're both adults uh, and then th- there was there was lots of compatriots so they were looking at, at, at sort of uh, horses and she was saying well yeah, so you didn't know if she was talking about the horse or talking about jazz <laughs> it's very expensive <laughs> so- won't necessarily do what he's told uh so uh in fairness the the actor that plays sir edward and kate whenever kate's in his orbit orbit, he does seem to up his game a bit on the acting stakes um because there does seem to be a decent amount of chemistry there and uh, so that was really good and there was also a scene and then now sir edward is aware that jan's lost her designer Yes. Um, because she has uh, a, a dinner with him and there's talking about business and then he's talking to, he's talking about business and then she's talking about in a relationship I'm talking to you you rather than you as a business person because it doesn't seem like Sir Edward can sort of separate the two um, because it, he's all business and Kate actually makes re- reference to that and say well he's all business it's only now that he's looking at sort of pleasure but it, it is all business um which is which is is operate is is sort of how he operates sort of thing yeah um and of course we get to see him play a i i wasn't i was i was wasn't sure whether he'd been the him and uh sir john we have another chess match. Have another chess match wasn't sure whether they'd been shrunk down or it was a giant chess set but <laughs> Um, for some reason, Sir Sir Edward's chair is sort of in the middle. <laughs> seems to be in the middle of the. Well, I think it was the, the scene because the, presumably they just couldn't get. There the was they were set on. the scene because it was between two pillars. Yeah. and I think if, if if Sir Edward had been where he should have been, he would be behind a pillar. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then they're talking tactics and and oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the business box is just shit. Uh, Charles arrives back from Zurich with another painting, another yeah. ugly painting. She, she, he surprises Avril, who seems to be doing woodwork in the middle of her living room, which it seems a rather peculiar place She's to be varnishing to to oh, do oh, oh. to do that. But presumably, they they didn't see the point of of spending money on a on extra set to give Avril a, a, workshop. a, a workshop. So she well, it was, just, it was just a little job. So. Or maybe or maybe these marina. Marina apartments or don't have the scope for a don't allow power tools used outside the <laughs> the, 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 the res- yeah, residences something, something like that though given that she's a director of two companies both of which have vast manufacturing companies, you think well, she could just like 
sort of carve herself a little corner of the yeah. mermaid jar to do her project. It does. It does. It does. Her sh- craft it crafting does, project. It does show though that she's a dad. She, she's definitely a dad's daughter. She's got his love for wood, wood so which is very good. So Charles sort of uh, lets himself in and gives her another piece of artwork, which is that matches the, the, the other the other piece, other piece of, of and and bizarrely is framed and mounted in an identical same, the same fashion. gallery probably probably so probably. Uh, so that they, they make up obviously not a big sailor uh, and we have so, so we've covered most of the most of the plot lines uh except the ken and sarah yeah. uh, ken is entertaining this guy who is the waiter in the sitcom duty free yes so so this this is the portuguese person that's meant to be buying a bucket load of speedboats yeah and ken's paid for him to come over on sort of first class put him up in a hotel all expenses um to wine and dine to get them this contract for these speedboats um that are going to go with the villas uh sarah is when sort of he he's having the meeting in leisure cruise uh sarah comes in and just blatantly ignores them both and is very sort of sniffy yes um she wasn't very welcoming wasn't very welcome that and really annoys ken but i mean the the, the guy from portugal said oh don't worry um so it's it's obviously early days and then he has it out with sarah and said well and he says look if you're going to sell the set the shares just sell them but enough of this we don't need you moping around uh, like a wet weekend being rude to clients yeah uh, which is very true and um and she and she's like oh standoffish and it looks as though ken's gonna sort of like maybe give her a slap or something like that but he does well, he does he kicks the the bonquette yeah or whatever um and, and the set wobble and sarah slaps him it's quite a limp wrist slap yeah. uh, and walks and, and ken walks off and sarah being like oh, what have i done what have i done um and then we realise through a scene in Avril and the board when she's letting go of somebody else. Yeah, so so Charles has told her to to fire um, the the marketing manager, and she does. Yeah. So, um, and and, is, and then also let slip that Sarah has uh, declined the offer of the shares, and then we have another scene with Sarah making up with Ken, not in a emotional way and sort of apologizes and tells ken that sort of she's not going to sell ken says well, you just go on a break take yourself away and do something and he's there waiting with a bottle chilling waiting for a phone call to come in from the portuguese person to confirm and he phones up he thought it's in the bag and he says you've not got it um i've gone to um relton <gasps> no so that's a bit of a cliffhanger. So, what does it? What was the cliffhanger on this episode? The cliffhanger was Anna. Oh yeah, they're at the party. They're all dressed like a funeral, and even you commented, it looks like a funeral. Yeah, they're all they're all very so. It was it didn't have much of a party atmosphere, and I love a party with a happy atmosphere. When and everyone was trying, Abbott, wasn't everyone's it? trying to jolly up Amanda's dad, who's very very yeah. sniffy. Well, and well, I, well, Jack is boring and rigid about. And, and Kate's Wooden there supplying bolts. supplying the the, the 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 booze, and then sort of surreptitiously said, "Well, the the the, the bride's uh, father needs, should make a speech." Yeah. and everyone's you know, well, glasses yeah, charged. Yeah, yeah. What she does is say, "Shall we have a toast?" And everyone goes, 
yes, let's have a toast. And then immediately throws the ball over. over. Yeah, we're very well. And done. that was that that was very Kate like there. That that was you know, kinda of put him on the spot. Completely but also charming. Kind of forced him into into yeah. saying something nice. So which is very, very good. And uh, also the Admiral off screen has has got a spare cottage going, which That's Kate, handy. Kate is is uh, lining up. And to, while they're clearing up the end of the party at the door. The doorbell rings. Ding, Ding dong. dong. And there is Anna. Back from the Isle of Wight or <gasps> wherever. And then we have this, the, sort of the fabulous jazzy theme. Yeah. So I, I really like the episode. The business box is getting a bit uh, tedious. Um, but And we didn't see much of Amanda and Leo. And I was thinking, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with them? <laughs> what should we do now? Yeah, they, yeah, they didn't have a, a massive... They just they, Their role was sort of really just being themselves and standing about and... You know, everything was moving around them rather than being them we, being part of. And we, we part of it. yeah, and we see Tom having a little bit of a pash with Emma, the belt boat boffin, because uh, sort of Emma's now sort of staked her her her, her, willing, claim. her, her willingness to to develop something further. Ooh. And so Tom is like, well, okay, port in a storm, and um, and we've got a new uh, Australian. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so this is so the, presumably he'll be someone's love interest at some point during. Well, this. I would have thought so, but I don't know so. who's available. There isn't anyone available. Uh, There's no. We'll have to introduce someone new to. Yeah. So, but was this, this was episode eight. I think there's thirteen episodes. Could be Gerald. No. No. Because uh, Gerald and Polly are going to. They're going to rekindle their. Whatever, well, they didn't whatever have. Any, they didn't have. They had. They, they, yeah, they're not going to rekindle. They're going to get the matches out and see if they can spark something <laughs> yeah they've got some wet papers and some <laughs> some very elderly matches <laughs> from the shed to see yeah. see what they could do gonna whip around to, to cost cut and get some fire lighters <laughs> so so we've got another uh, so we've only got a few more episodes of this well, this was episode eight and they're what 13 episodes I think it's 13 so episodes. we've got four five 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 more, more. Five more left oh yeah. And then we're at fifty percent of the way through. We're going to have to parcel it out. We can't just devour the whole thing because that's just all its glory, isn't it? So after we finish this, uh, we're take a break. This, seriously, we're going to have to have take a, a lie down. We have to have a lie down, a dark room with a, with a, with, with, with a wet whale flannel, music, a wet flannel over my uh, eye. And then, uh, I mean, I think we are planning after Howard's way to devour the rebooted series of All Creatures Great and Small, which is just quite delicious. So, um, but we are not going to be giving up on Howard's Way, but we need to parcel it out because it is so, so lovely. And who knows, maybe one day we shall pick up where we left off with, with Bergerac. Bergerac. Yes, we're on episode, we've finished series three and we've got another five series. Yeah. Um, and also Lovejoy. Yes, we can pick up where we left so off with Lovejoy. There's, just, a, there's a pattern emerging here, isn't there? I know, but we think with Howard's Way, we do finish. We say we are finishing. We've started. Each, we, we, we finish so we'll each finish. series, uh, but I think we want to parcel it out um, because it's just so glorious, glorious, glorious. So, how many times now have we watched Howard's Way? Um, well, I've watched it quite a lot. Um, at least three. <laughs> <laughs> You think you think we'd know it off by heart by now? Well, but the thing is, because I think the thing is, if you rest it up a little bit and you go back to it, and you just think, "Oh, that's really delicious. That's really lovely," oh. and it's it, it is 
it, it just gives you that warm feeling inside. It's like ready break. It's the, it's the, the nuclear powered Keep, keeps you toasty warm cold winter morning. Sort of a comprehensive junior school with a, with a glow. <laughs> the glow in the wet. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's nuclear rain or some such. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, dear uh, dear dear listeners, please like, subscribe, share. You can inbox us at share. Our, uh, what, right. what does share listen to? Sh- share, yeah, oh, sure. Sh- share. <laughs> share, 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 right, share, sweet. It's like those share platters, right? So, yeah don't really share food very well no nom 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 but you always <laughs> gone but you always gravitate towards a sharing platter <sighs> we didn't yeah we had the vegetable thai one the other day yeah, we didn't and i wasn't very impressed yeah with that. and i wasn't i wasn't all that keen on any of the other ones so we might we might have to give it a miss next time to go for a thai yeah um so other thai restaurants do, <laughs> do provide lovely we well, haven't been specific about which no one. um but anyway, dear listeners, please like, subscribe. We're on all social media platforms at Antique Dust. Uh, you can inbox us at hello at antiquedust.com. Yeah. If you visit the website, we have a we have Howard's we have Way merch. ever expanding range. Well, actually, it's not I, really expanding. I'm wearing my, wearing my t-shirt. t-shirt. I know. I still haven't done that Leisure Cruise one, but it's, it's kind of tricky. It's, it's, it's a, a bit of a tricky design. Uh, it goes off at an odd angle. <laughs> a bit like us doing, a, <laughs> like doing this podcast. podcast how marvellous anyway dear listeners it's farewell from me Jonathan and it's goodbye from me Rob bye bye bye